Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. When my friend Ed Reinhardt comes here to Ukiah, it's well worth the effort to track him down and listen to him play somebody else's piano and sing. The sign said Ed would be playing at the Himalaya Cafe at the south end of town on New Year's Eve beginning about 6 p.m. And he played and sang Old Lang Syne when New Year's arrived in New York City. He said so that he and all the guests could get to bed early. Now Ed can play boogie-woogie piano better than most anyone. And that's what makes Earl and Rico all the more confusing as to who they may or may not be. Ed, etc., have been guests on three previous editions of Radio Curious, and those visits are available at radiocurious.org. Why so much Ed Reinhardt on Radio Curious? I like him and his music and enjoy our visits. So, Happy New Year to each of you, and welcome to the first edition of Radio Curious, recorded in our 21st year on the air. chicken she's shaped like a frog but when my baby loves me i go mm, hot dog cause i love my baby better than i do myself if i don't love my baby she goes loving someone else Well, Ed, this is the first recording that we've made in the 21st year of Radio Curious, and um, I'm pleased. It's I'm, nice I'm to have honored. you back again. Thank you. I'm honored yeah, to yeah. make the first recording in the, what is it, 21st century? 21st, this is the 21st year, beginning the 21st, oh, 21st year, year of Radio Curious, uh, and uh, today is January 7th, uh, 2011. We yes. started um, 20 years ago. Mm, wow. I guess I missed that. I wasn't didn't play for the opening show, I don't think. It was called Government Politics and Ideas, which was the intellectual concept that sounded like thud, thud, thud. 
And uh, we quickly levitated to Radio Curious, and here we are, 21 years later. That Radio Curious sounds, see, the other one sounds a little more like, you know, I know it all and you know nothing, whereas this one kind of sounds like, well, I don't really know very much either. Yeah, it's uh, what the, uh, hmm? <laughs> Yeah, what the... What the bleep? What the bleep. So, Wasn't that a movie? There's a movie called What the Bleep Do We Know, which I have not mm. seen, but it sounds very intriguing, uh, dealing well, with very various matters of cosmology and uh, so forth, philosophy. So the songs that you sing, how would you characterize them? Well, what, what people hear a lot of from me is particularly in our area where we're recording this right now, uh, I do a lot of boogie-woogie and blues. Partly I do that. I mean, I like it. It's probably my strongest suit. Uh, it seems to be what people like to hear the most. And uh, uh, so I do do it a lot for people. But I, I like to think I have other things in my repertoire that I enjoy playing. Like what you just played? No, that was pretty much a boogie number. Tells you how much I know. Yeah, that was pretty much a boogie number. Uh, but like I, I can do some uh, little numbers of uh, oh songs I picked up during the 70s and 80s. Generally nothing much after about 1985. So if boogie woogie is at one extreme, what's at the other? Well, I guess, what, would it be classical? I don't think so. No, it would be something like Nelson Riddle or uh, some sort of, you know, Norman Luboff choir or... Uh, one of those things, sort of easy listening elevator music. I don't think Boogie Woogie will ever be mistaken for easy listening elevator music. Ain't easy. No, no, it ain't easy. Well, play us something. Okay, play us something else. All right. If you would, please. If I would, please. Okay, well, we'll try something here. Uh, uh, let's do a kind of a more of a bluesy thing, you know? sleep that's when I make my midnight creep the rooster crows at the break of dawn you can look out your window baby cause I will be gone because I am the back door man The little girls seem to understand They took me to the doctor I was shot full of holes The little nurse cried You know we've got to save his soul Accuse me of murder in the first degree You know the judge's wife cried let that man go free because I am the backdoor man. I am the backdoor man. The men don't know. I said the men don't know. I said the men don't know. But the little girls seem to understand. 
does that song tell us? Um, it tells me what a lot of my girlfriends used to like to tell me, which was men are scum. But we like it. We like being scummy. We like sneaking around and being devious and all of this. Well, I do. Maybe I should just speak for myself after all. Well, being uh, curious about uh, a Darwinian analysis of how we got to be who we are, our species in, in this time, I wonder if that isn't part of the male hunter-gatherer aspect of sneaking around kind of alone, uh, kind of devious, so that we can come back with the food for the family. I think that that's a very reasonable proposition. I would be willing to entertain that proposition. I don't think I have a counter-proposition that sounds better to offer against it. Then we probably better move on. So we better move on, because we're not, uh, what kind of discussion are we having here? Nothing. We're in agreement. It's We're preaching to the choir, and we are the choir. Well, I was looking, um, well, you're the choir. I've um, kept my mouth shut. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was looking here in uh, my notepads for something I wrote down when you were singing at the Himalaya Cafe on... Um, Last weekend. Mm-hmm. On New, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. New Year's we Eve. We did the Senior Citizen, Citizen Special at the... Uh, Nepalese restaurant here in Ukiah for New Year's Eve, uh, which meant that we celebrated New Year's Eve at exactly the same time that the ball dropped in Times Square in New York City. But of course, here that's 9 p.m., and so everyone was able to go home and be in bed at 10, just like they wanted to. And we did. We did. Well, some of us did, (laughs) and others of it. I can't speak for everyone. And so, what were those notes that you made? I didn't even see you out there scribbling notes. Usually, if I see people scribbling notes when I'm performing, uh, I I assume they think they're copying down my original material and not realizing that I'm doing other people's material. Well, Les uh, Les Tarr pointed out that, in fact, I was. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Maybe uh, while I look for them, you could sing uh, an aspect on yet another part of the spectrum that we've talked about. And that would be? The boogie-woogie to the suave elevator music uh, to where you we just were uh, with the midnight creep to somewhere else. To somewhere else. To somewhere else. Uh, well, if I were going to go somewhere else, I would take a train. In fact, I am going somewhere else next week, and I am taking a train. So I guess this would be about as good as we can uh, as we can get towards that. I can't do the elevator music for you because, of course, you've lost your sustain pedal to this keyboard, haven't you? And so, well, not I only can't... that, we're on the second floor, right? So uh, that's no, it. So there's, there's no... no up from here, right? So we we can't do the elevator music, nor do we wish to. So instead. Where will I be? 
Say this time tomorrow, I reckon where will I be? I'll be on that railroad riding back from the western sea. ending there. That uh, elevator music ending comes from Ed Reinhardt, um, or possibly Earl Dixon, and maybe even uh, Rico Suave. Uh, all three of them Suave. are here. Suave. Acento over there. Rico Suave. Rico Suave. All three of those fellows are here in the studios of Radio Curious. Uh, Ed Reinhardt brought uh, two of them. <laughs> and uh, this is Radio Curious, and I'm Barry Vogel. Ed, the notes that I made um, on New Year's Eve, that I really didn't have any questions about your songs. Just listen. Uh, The songs uh, are unique and each speak for themselves. There's nothing to talk about. Cool. Well, then I guess we're done here. We'd like to wish your listeners a happy... Oh, no, we're not done, are we? Well, the other thing I wrote down is I kind of felt that some of the songs that you sing assuage uh, hard times. Yes, most definitely. I'm not talking about any particular song, so maybe we can talk about that. Okay. Why do your songs uh, do this? Well, I I can't speak directly for other people, but I think we've all experienced hard times. I've experienced hard times. Uh, We all have our little lot of suffering to bear. I guess some of us get a bigger lot than others of us get. You know, uh, I've had to explain to people overseas a lot that the blues for example, they they have this misimpression that the blues is a very sort of negative wallowing in your misery sort of a thing. And you you have to get them to see that, well, no, actually the blues are a way of feeling joyful by acknowledging your, your sufferings, by acknowledging the fact that things, you know, you can sort of pretend that bad things aren't happening to you and ignore it. And maybe sometimes that's a good idea. But ultimately... Don't we have to confront the uh, the things that are bothering us, at least some of them, at least most of them? We need to get it out in the open. Well, um, rumor and uh, for some experience has it that if you don't, uh, they'll stay and continue to bother you. That is the rumor, and I, I believe that I follow that particular point of view myself. 
there are people who disagree with that, but uh, not me. I think it is important to talk about, I mean, you know, you have to be discreet about it. You have to be a little bit selective. You have to pick your battles. You know, there's no point in bemoaning something that you can do nothing about. Why worry about things you over which you have no control? Well, that's it. It's all about learning that you can't control so many things. You, mm. you have to learn to control the things you can control and not worry about the things you can't. So the songs to assuage hard times, um, what are the songs to uh, celebrate the good times? Well, I wouldn't know about that. Actually, Boogie's not too bad You've for that. You've got a twinkle but... in your eye here, Ed. I remember before when we were checking the levels, uh-huh. we were both talking at the same time. We were both talking at the same time. We were trying to figure out really how to, we really were. And, and we were, were talking both, with Ed and Reinhardt. And we can get away with it because Earl you're Dixon recording in stereo. And, and so you're Suave. on the right and I'm on the left. I'm Barry Vogel. So we can get away with that. And I'm Rico Suave. And you are Barry Vogel. Recording in the studios right here in Beauty Curios. In Radio Curios. Yes, we have many curios here in the room, Barry. Uh, <laughs> 2011. 2011. Joyful, a, joyous songs. You're on. Joyous songs. I'm on. What? You want me to do a joyous song? Do I know any joyous songs? I don't know. What is it? What is life without struggle? What is life without a little something to bounce up against? I must know something that makes me happy, but uh, uh, at the moment I'm finding like, you know, well... Uh, uh, it's more in the nature of the music. Music is the emotional art form. So, for example, if I did my song, Don't You Come Creepin'. aren't really all that positive and uplifting. They almost sound angry, kind of. But in a way, there's an implication of, I'm telling you don't come creeping, but that's because I really want you to. Because I'm enjoying the fact that you're doing it because it's flattering my ego. It's making me feel desired and, and wanted. I'm a cool guy that someone would want to creep up my back stairs and peep in my back door and, and so forth. So that's about the best positive twist I can put on it with the material that I generally have to hand. I mean, I could try to sing the Hallelujah Chorus for you or something, but then we're back to that sustain pedal thing again. Uh, which is not here today. It isn't here today. Mr. Sustain Pedal didn't make it. Rico Suave made it and uh, Earl Dixon made it, but the sus- Mr. Sustain Pedal decided to take a powder. <laughs> he is not with us. I uh, tend to think that you met Rico Suave when you were li- living in Italy a few years ago. No, I met Rico down in Ecuador. Down in Ecuador, yes. Uh, in fact, actually, a friend sort of gave me the Rico Suave thing because uh, I uh, had a romantic affair with a beautiful lady down there. And in the end, she did not wish to come to the United States, and I did not wish to spend my life in Ecuador. Uh, although I might be changing my mind, but at any rate, so things kind of came to an end, but with many fond memories and good feelings about it and so forth. 
so that was okay. In fact, I wrote a song about it. You want to hear it? Absolutely. Okay, see, you do. Contento con su agradecimiento y la quiero, la quiero. She's the kind of lover who can really blow my cover, Jimeno. It's la forma de amor who can thrill me to the core, Jimeno. I'm just a gringo who can barely speak her lingo, but I love her. I love her. Siempre soy contento con su agradecimiento, la quiero, la quiero. Nosotros somos más que los barcos que se pasan en la noche. Más que extranjeros que son viajaderos en una coche. Y ella me llama, yo digo, vengo mama, cause I love her. I love her. Siempre soy contento con su agradecimiento. La quiero. La quiero. ¿Qué dijo Jimena cuando uh, se lo cantaste? Uh, Jimena nunca ha oído esa canción. So said otherwise, what did she say when you sang this to her? I've never sung it to her. I wrote it after we were finished, so she's never heard it. And I, I hope one day she will. But, Do you uh, have her address? We'll send her an MP3 of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see about that. She's sort of moved on. Well, again, I've got three questions. One for Rico, Muy bien. one for Earl, and one for Ed. Okay. But I want the answers from all three of them. Okay, but not at the same time. Well, I, one, however in, you mix it up and give it to sequence. us, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. So, um, is there a eureka moment or something that occurred in your life that you remember well that gave you a philosophy to live by or set things straight for you somehow? There have been several moments that I thought were eureka moments. One of the early ones came when I was in college. I went to college 
I was a freshman, I felt that it was time for me to read some serious literature instead of the comic books and so forth. You know, I got through high school on classics, illustrated comics, like a lot of people probably did. But I thought, you know, I'm in college now. I need to read a serious book. So I went to the bookshelf and I saw in the bookstore and I decided to get the thickest book on that bookshelf. They're all paperback. And so that book was Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. And I read it and was very quickly and easily sort of converted to her objectivist philosophy as I perceived it. And I ended up becoming a very ardent objectivist. For those who don't know anything about this, uh, I'll just briefly say, uh, you know, Ayn Rand was sort of into laissez-faire capitalism. She was from Russia originally. She had a very unique way of looking at things for the 1950s and 1960s because superficially her philosophy seemed conservative but in fact it was actually quite radical although very materialistic and very capitalistic Uh, after about four or five years of that notwithstanding that Ayn Rand herself uh, the whole thing kind of fell apart because she had a uh, sort of a romantic affair with her leading ideologue Nathaniel Brandon the psychotherapist and when that happened the, the great film was made about that called The Passion of Ayn Rand because she was advocating rationalism in all things and yet she herself was unable to control her own her own uh, passions when it came to real life. Uh, but I broke with her because she didn't uh, have uh, any appreciation for uh, in the in growing environmental awareness that was starting to occur then and uh, I felt that was more important than capitalism. So I, I don't know who answered that, uh, Rico, Earl, or Ed. I'd say Ed answered that. Okay. The next question is, to all three of you, um, what would you like to do with the remainder of your one special lives? Well, I've always been a hedonist, so being being happy ranks really high with me. I love to travel. I have always loved to travel. I want to be able. I want to continue traveling as long as I am able to do it. I need a little more comfort now than I had in the past, but I can still go pretty much on a shoestring, and that's what I like to do. I want to go. I want to see. I want given, to see new places. Given no limitations, where would you like to go? I'd think the highest thing on my list right now would be India. I would like to go see India. I know there are parts of India it's not so cool to go to right now, or not safe, I should say, for Americans. But I'm sure it's a huge place. I'm sure there are plenty. And it seems uh, just seems very fascinating to me, Very what little I know of it. And in, in terms of hedonism, have we been listening to Earl, Ed, or Rico? I think Earl's talking. Earl's more the hedonist. Okay. And one of the three of you, Yes. Uh, can you tell us about an interesting book that you've read lately? Uh, I've just finished reading World Without End by Ken Follett. Many of your listeners may have read it because it was number one on the Times bestseller list for a while. And it's his sequel to a book he wrote in 1987 called The Pillars of the Earth, both of them set in medieval England. Part of what's interesting, although sometimes disturbing to read, is how people, they lived a very hard lifestyle. So they did a lot of things that strike us as cruel You know, very cruel, very harsh, very sort of uncaring. And that's that's what I've read lately. Ed Reinhardt, Earl Dixon and Rico Suave. I'm really pleased to have you here on Radio Curious. And um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, De nada. 
Could you play us a tune as we say goodbye? Sure, I can play something. Lord only knows what it will turn out to be, but we'll play it anyhow. This interview with Ed Reinhardt, Rico Suave, and or Earl Dixon was recorded in the studios of Radio Curious on January 7th, 2011. The book that uh, Ed, uh, speaking for himself and perhaps for others, recommends is uh, by Ken Follett. And the name again, Ed? World Without End. You've been listening to Radio Curious, produced here in Ukiah, California, and we do like to hear from you. And as you may have picked up on this program, things are going to be changing a little bit uh, in the kind of programming that we do in 2011. We like to hear from you. Our email is curious at radiocurious.org. Radiocurious.org is also our website. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 7 in Ukiah. That's U-K-I-A-H, California. The phone, 707-462-6541. Christina Anastat is our associate producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel, and thank you for joining us.